0: Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church. Happy Father's Day, a special welcome to Gospel Mission Church Morden that are watching us live online. Blessings on you guys and great to have you home with us and as we celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. Uh, Just before I go to the word, we are looking for, there's two positions that we're looking in church, pastoral care and tech. And if you have some interest or you're curious, go on our website, it's there, the info is there. All right, I would ask you to stand and we'll place yourself before the Lord. Yes, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for Father's Day. We thank you for you, for your affection, and the love that you have for us, and that we can call you Abba, like John already prayed, that you are Abba, but you are God at the same time. And we just want to adore you, reverence you, place ourselves at your feet this morning. And we thank you so much for who you are, for the affection, for your leading. Uh, for for what you do in our lives, so be glorified, and I pray a special blessing on every dad that, that is here, I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may grab a seat, well, I've got a few dads joke for you this morning, what did the baby corn say to mama corn, where's popcorn, how do you get a squirrel to like you, act like a nut, right? What do a tick and the Eiffel Tor- Tower have in common? They're both parasites. Parasite. What did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing, it just waved. I don't trust stairs, they're always up to something. Why can a nose be 12 inches long? Because then they would be called a foot. How does a taco say grace? Let us pray. Why did the skeleton climb the mountain? Why did, didn't the skeleton climb the mountain? It, it didn't have any guts. That's my favorite one here. My wife would know. How do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie in it, right? <laughs> As my wife will say, I never, <laughs> I never grew up. <laughs> it's always about boogies or something. Yeah. So do you want... Uh, do you, want a, like, uh, do you want a box for your leftovers? No, I would prefer to wrestle you for it. Uh, anyway, there's a few funny ones. But um, I was telling this story to the elders last Wednesday when we had our supper uh, about my dad. Uh, my dad um, worked in the bush all his life in Northern Ontario, had never been further than Thunder Bay so he had never seen the prairies and so when he came to see the prairies he was in awe of the room he says we can breathe here it's so amazing there's it's so vast and and one of the elders uh Bill Unra gave him a little tour of uh of the farms and all that he he was in awe of the size of the farms and the amount of cattle and, and so on. And, and uh, so he was pretty impressed. But one of the things I did with him is I said, like, we're close to the borders because where he lived, he lived basically 15, 20, I don't know, 15 hours from the border. So I've never, been, like he's been in the States before, but I wanted to show him how close we were for, to the borders. So we decided to go to Walhalla. And so we arrive in Walhalla and the, the, uh, the lady at the gate or the guard was uh, on the, pa- like you m- remember when it was on the passenger side, you had to roll your window down and, and talk with the person, or the, the guard. And so we arrived there and so I got the window down and I start to talk and she looks at me and she says, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to this gentleman, but my dad doesn't understand English, right? So she says, so where are you? heading my dad said yes yes <laughs> and then so where you're from with even more passion yes yes <laughs> it was nervous right it was so so funny and then she looked at me she says is he dumb I, I said no he's French was <laughs> oh, so so good anyway like good memories right good memories anyway if you have a Bible, take a look at Proverbs 20, verse 7. I had a good laugh anyway. It was very funny. Proverbs 20, verse 7. And the book of Proverbs were written basically are first for the younger generation as what to do, what not to do. It's for everyone, but the focus was the wisdom of the elderly pass, passing it on to the next generation. And it says in verse 7... The righteous live with integrity. Blessed are their children who come after them. So it's Father's Day. We're in between series. Next week, we'll talk on I Am for most of the summer. We'll go through the Gospel of John, and we'll be talking on Jesus, that is the I Am, the one that, um, that meets us, uh, the one that is sufficient. We'll focus on that. And I wanted to take a pause, and what I wanted to do is to talk uh, talk about uh, father, fatherhood and share my heart to you guys but when you look at Proverb 20, verse 7, I like to under I underlined, come after them. The thing is, as parents, as fathers, um, we know that we are influencers. And here it says that the righteous live with integrity. And um, the proof that you are a righteous man is that you walk in integrity. And the word integrity means lifestyle free of hidden agenda where you're transparent, where you're real. It doesn't say that you're perfect, it, it just, it refers to uh, the fact that you're walking with truth and that you are real. And, and the beauty of that is that the kids or people around you will see it and it will influence them. It talks about living and walking with integrity, it's to do life with integrity. I believe us as men, for, for us men, fathers, I believe that we're trailblazers. We're called to make a trail. And when you do a trail, um, I don't know if you ever walked in the bush, if it's a little thick. you got to be careful where we walk because if you're not careful for the branches, they will snap in someone else's face on the back. So to do a journey alone, you don't really care. You just bushwhack, right? You just go and you just go hard and you don't really care. But as a father, we know that we're not alone. And we, have, we always have to remember that we're never alone. So how I live and how I walk Matters. And so I can't just do a a trailblazing and I can't just do my walk or walk and not being conscious that whatever I do will affect or influence others. If you are uh, a man and you're walking in the bush and and you just go for it, you just go. But when you're with others, you're conscious of that. So I, I believe it's important for us as men to realize that on this journey, we're not walking alone, and sometimes we forget that. We get caught with our business, we get caught with the business, because I believe God made us achievers and, and wants us to be focused. And, and so we, sometimes we, we focus, we do stuff, we're driven. At the same time, we have to realize that others are watching and others are following, and, and what we do really, really matters. And so we want to be conscious of that. It, it really talks about modeling. It talks about facilitating the journey of others. It talks about leading. And I think it's awesome to hear daddy, daddy, what, like we, what we heard. At the same time, not as much, right? <laughs> but, but the reality is that um, we're called to lead. And in, in the clip, you could see that the kids were in need. And, and our goal as fathers is... To be there and to show the way. I like what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33. It says and chapter 11, verse 1, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. What's Paul was saying here is that my goal is to minister to people, make sure that people hear the good news, making, making sure that I have a positive influence on their people because that's what Jesus came to do. And so we want to do the same. One of the choices that we have as fathers, as, as parents, is we can do things by design or by default. To do things by default is you just coast and you just hope that the pieces will fall in place. By design is that you're conscious of your calling and the influence that you have um, over other people, and you act according to that. You're conscious of it. Whatever I say, whatever I do, uh, whatever I'm looking for, it will affect other people. So I believe that we're called to do things by design and not by default. I look at Jesus. He came with design He didn't come as uh, with default and say, okay, why am I here again? No, he knew his mission. He knew what he was called uh, to do. So it's important for us to realize that God placed us in a place of influence and and that God wants us to realize that as we do life, we do influence others. And what I wanted to share with you guys today was 10 things that um, from my heart I want to share to you. Like, um, I'm not the oldest buck in, in the barn, but... I've been traveling long enough, uh, I've, I've got a few hair, a few white hair and less hair on the head, but I just want to share to you 10 principles that I invite you to consider when it comes to being a godly dad, and again, you might be here and you're not a dad, and the Proverbs were, again, focused on future dads, on fut- and, and we can open the, the gate to all of us, right? So the first thing I I, want to say that I think it's important for us to know is that um, you don't have to be perfect and always strong, fathers. You don't have to be perfect. You know, sometimes we put that pressure on ourselves of being perfect and being always strong. And sometimes fathers are afraid of coming to Father's Day because on Mother's Day is like, we love you, we love you, and we love you. On Father's Day is like, get your act together, Father. Come on. Chop, chop, right? But one of the things that you want to leave behind when it comes to be a father is to show your vulnerability. One one of the most important things in life is perseverance, right? Perseverance is so huge, especially in the society that we live today where people quit all the time. And they drop the ball and they don't persevere. They, they don't finish the race. They start, but they don't finish it. And it's important for us as fathers to realize that perseverance is what we want, to, uh, we want to sow in the life of our kids or to the next generation. And how do you persevere? It's to show that you have obstacles and challenges, but you're able to get yourself up and you're able to go through it. But if you live a life as a father and everything is fine and dandy, I'm good. I'm super good. And you can't show that you have weaknesses and struggles. I think it's, it's, you're missing the goal on um, teaching your kids that it's okay to struggle, it's okay to have challenges, but you rely in God and you also rely in the community. One of the things that we have a tendency, man, is to be loners, right? I can do it. You want like, if we get lost, and you know that, it's a famous saying, if we get lost on the road, who do you think is going to ask for advice or direction? It's not going to be me, that's for sure. It's not going to be me, I'm going to go to a gas station and Mission will go. And then she'll say, you might as well go because he's, you're driving and it will be, would be easier for you to have the direction from this person. But I'm saying, well, that person, maybe that person is wrong, right? I, I can do it on my own. And so we, we have this, um, uh, this inside of us to be uh, forerunners and to, to uh, be creative and, and to be out there. But one of the things that we need to remember is what we want to pass on to our kids, it's very important to show vulnerability, right? I think it's a huge, it's a huge topic. Only God is a rock, not you, Um, but model going to God, model perseverance that you are a person that is able to get up again and do what it's called to be done. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. You're strong in the Lord and His mighty power. I'm not strong. You're not strong. You rely on God. Show that to those around you that you do rely on God, okay? But at the same time, to do that, you got to show that you're vulnerable, and you need assistance. You need assistance from God, but you also need assistance from other people. And I think that's an important thing that you want to teach your kids. Secondly, start your day with God. Start your day with God. I know that life is busy. I know there's a thousand things that we have to care for. A lot of things are calling our name. A lot of emergency. Cloud, cloud, cloud. Like, but I need to take my time with God. This is where I get fueled, this is where I can be an influence because I've been influenced by God because I sat at His feet. There's three main verses I want to give to you. Maybe you say, I don't know where to start when it comes to uh, taking a time with God. For sure, you read scripture, you, you can have a devotional. But I, I invite you just to think about this and you might use these principles to help you when it comes to start your day. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, I spoke on that at the park last week. But I start my day with this. I need to deny myself. I need to carry my cross. I need to follow Jesus. I need to deny myself. It's not about me. I need to carry my cross. I need to surrender to God. I surrender to you, Lord. And Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to live like you, first thing. The other text that is dear to me that I start my day with... It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God, I want to walk in righteousness. You're my righteousness. You're my peace. You're my joy. And I want to walk in righteousness in honor of you. I want to walk in your peace. I want to walk in your joy, but I can't do it on my own. Fill me of your Holy Spirit. Fill me of your Holy Spirit so I can stand in peace, stand in joy, and and shine in righteousness. And my third one is 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 that the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear of timidity or cowardness but love power and sound mind. That I'm not I'm starting the day God. I don't want to be a coward today. I don't want to shrink away. I want to walk in love. I want to show love. I want to walk in your power in your authority. And I want to walk with self-control where I'm not just feeding me and just looking at me and, and just realizing that's not all, all there. It's not, it's not all called to come in me. So self-control where I say no to stuff. And, and so these are the three main verses I use when I get up in the morning. I want to see that in my life. So maybe that can be a helper. But I invite you man, to start with God. If you are not doing this, you're missing out on being influenced by God. So please do that. Thirdly, we don't fight against flesh and blood. That's something you want to teach your kids. Uh, I wish I would be, I would have. I, I look at this, I wish I would have done that better when it comes to raising up my kids. Because I was pastor for many years, well for 30 some years now. And the thing is sometimes I brought things home. But one of the things I do realize that you want to pass on to your kids is that the battle is not against people. The battle that you face is not against people. You don't fight against flesh and blood, but, get, but against principalities domination meaning the spiritual world so when you do life you want to uh, you want to stay focused on what really matters and you don't want to get caught by battles and sowing that or teaching your kids about fighting in the flesh but learning to pray learning to discern learning to go to god learning to make god your refuge your answer i think this is so important i look at my journey and when I started as a pastor, I was so quick to, come, to bring confrontation. Fix it. But I realized that sometimes I made more a mess. And I've learned to, okay, God, I will pray. I will stand in the gap. I will ask you to intervene. And it's amazing how I saw God intervene. And so, so one of the principles that we want to uh, legate or that we want to give to the next generation or to our kids is that we don't fight against flesh and blood right i think it's an important concept an important truth that we need to assimilate as as fathers that we don't fight against flesh and blood number 4 is that we model generosity time resources and patience i think patience patience is a commodity these days to show patience and so so it's to be to teach your kids to be generous. And the only way you can teach your kids to be generous is for you to be generous, to live with an open hand, to know that Father will take care of you. The last thing you want to do is to live like an orphan. And to live like an orphan is that you're afraid of lacking, so you're not generous because you think you'll not, you, you won't have enough. But when you live like a son or you live like a daughter, you know that Father will take care for, uh, of you, so you are free to give. So it's important for us to share this or to show that or to display that, to model that to our children and those around us that we are generous and and, and focus on on others and taking care of of the needs of others. If you can teach your kid to do that, let's say, for example, you got younger kids and you want to help a family, ask your kids to give. Instead of you only giving, ask them to go in their piggy bank and to get a few loonies, and and they will learn to sacrifice and give and, and be generous. At the same time, there's going to be tremendous joy in their hearts to give. It's a principle that, we, that we're called to live by, and we want to give that away. We don't want to be just takers, and I want this, I want that, and it's all about me, but learn to be generous and to show that to others, and I think it's, it's important to do that, and to, to give our time, resources, and patience. I think patience, like I said, it's a, it's a commodity. I think it's very important to have, it, to have it in our lives. Patience doesn't mean acceptance. But the the only reason why Jesus is not back, because he's patient. He wants everyone to come to the truth. And we're called to display that patience. And my kids need to see that I'm patient. Not tolerant to sin, tolerant to the ways of this world, but I'm patient. I'm trusting God. I'm relying on God. I'm calling on God into my life and, and, and my ministry. So it's to value people around you. And finally, it's to be a blessing. So, you know, one of the greatest heritage you can give to your kids, when your kids look at you and say, Dad, Mom, you are a blessing to people. You are a real blessing, not just to me, but you are a blessing to others. That would be pretty cool to hear, right? Uh, that, that gives um, a message of our focus and, uh, 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 and of our vision. So, so we want to model generosity. Number five, it takes a church to raise a kid. It takes a church to raise a kid. We live in an in a, in a individualistic world where I have a snowblower. My neighbor has a snowblower. Uh, I have a weed eater or a weed whacker, whatever you call it. He does. And, and we have our own things and, and we live in our own castles, really. That's the Western world. That's the reality we live in. If we go to other parts of the world, it's not the same. They share way more than we do. Right. If you've crossed the border, not south, but let's say you went east or west or wherever, you'll see that the way they do life, they do way different than us. We live for a little castle. But I think it also influences the way how we do church. And, and I believe that what we, how we do church or how we do life is like, as a father, this is my family unit. And you, the other guy, you have your family unit Do your own things, I'll do my own things. And I think it's not what it's supposed to be like. For sure I'm called to be an overseer of my family unit, But I need to realize that my kids need exposure of other people, other godly people in their lives. And I believe if I keep only my kids to me and I am the sole voice to my kids, I think my kids will be missing on tremendous stories and example and the journey of others. This is why we have church. And and more than that. Your story as a leader of your house or as a parent of your circle, of, your, of what you're responsible for, your voice is important into the house of someone else. Not to impose, not to control, uh, but to offer services. This is why we have kids ministry. Like, my son is getting married in a few weeks. Josue is getting married. And we were talking about the wedding, Right? talking about who's going to do the offici- officiating, preaching, and all that. And, and, well, like, I'm a pastor. I'm his dad. And we were talking, and he, and he was saying, Dad, you know, what I would like is for you just to be my dad, not to officiate, not to talk, or not to speak in the front. And then we were talking about who, who, who could do it. Well, Brad could do it. For sure Brad could do it. Brad was your youth pastor for so many years, and he was your mentor, and you have a tremendous relationship um, with him, and the influence that Brad had on Josue has been so positive, so so it's kind of cool, right? worry. It's not just me with my family unit, but it's me with my family unit with other units. And then we function together and we minister towards, towards each other. Like I said, not only for your kids, but for you too. Did you know that your voice is important in the families of others too? You know? And sometimes we don't think that we, we think we are, we're only responsible for our family unit. Yeah, you're accountable for that. But the church is about all these family units that come together and that serve each other. And there's so much strength in this and there's so much value in that. So I encourage you fathers to realize that it takes a church to raise a kid. More than just you, okay? Number six, it's to learn to communicate. And that's hard. My wife is here. That's been hard for me. I can talk about a lot of different stuff, but like when it comes to soul issues, it's like ah, blah, blah. it's kind of there's a wall of concrete that is there. Ah, I can see it. Ah. And then she has to fish and fish and finally all ah, comes out. It's I don't know. Am I the only one like that? I don't feel like that. But I feel alone right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's who I am, right? And and it's hard to communicate. And so got to learn to communicate affection, learn to communicate affection, give words that are beautiful words and that just show affection, learn to communicate love, learn to communicate faith where I, I talk about Jesus. You know, sometimes we think, we look at our kids or people around, All well, it's for them to discover. You know, our faith is not a private matter. My faith is not a private matter. I'm called to, to talk about my faith. I'm called to pray. I'm called to lead. Like be, Have my faith in display. So we want to do that. And tell your story of when you walk 50 miles to go to school. Tell your stories. And it's cool. It's important for you to tell your stories about the stuff in your life and, and the, the hardship that you went through and the celebration that you've encountered where God blessed you and, and times that you struggle. I think it's worth talking about that. It's, it's also a word of affirmation to say, well done, good job, you can do it. I believe in you at the same time being honest. You know, if my, if my son, since I've got, I said Josue already, When he was young, he did a lot of uh, um, stick drawings, like stick stick man drawing, a ton of them. we have put them on the fridge, and we would say, good job, very good. But if he would show up at 25 with a picture of stick man and say, dad, can I put it on the fridge? I probably would say no. (laughs) I probably wouldn't say, yay you, yay you. I probably wouldn't do, do that. I would say, Josue. I don't want to have your stick picture on my, on your, whatever you're drawing on my fridge. You, if you're going to do something, do something better than that, right? <laughs> so it's not mean. It's to be honest. We live in a culture where it's, we are, it seems like we can only affirm, right? And it's good to affirm. Get, don't get me wrong. But it's good to say, hey, maybe it's not good. Maybe it's not okay. Maybe, you know, let's talk about it. So affirming is good, but honesty is good. As parents, we don't want just to be cheerleaders. Be a cheerleader, absolutely. But at the same time, be honest. And if, if you have, if you maintain this good tension between the two, then it's going to be a healthy growth because you don't want to see your kids be hit by the world where it's all about... Yay me. Like I remember my kids were in sports and there was no winners. Yay me, yay me for everything. But so the kids, they don't even know what it is to lose. You know there's an art of, of, uh, to, of how to lose well. You can lose well. You know, but if it's always yay me, yay me, yay me, then it's not very good too. Right? So we want to affirm, but we want to be honest. Number seven, it's learned to listen and receive. Learn to listen and receive affection. Receive affection when it's given your way. And sometimes for a man, it's hard. Receive the faith of others. Listen to the journey of others. Like, listen also to word of affirmation. Like when people say, good job, you're awesome, dad. Take it. It's okay, just say thank you. I remember this kid was a protege on the the piano. It was unreal. And he was there, people would come to see him at church and say, oh, you're so amazing. He would say, thank you. I thought it was so cool. I've learned that. I was a young pastor, and this kid says, thank you. I said, I'll do that. It's like, can I steal your line too? Because sometimes we don't know how to receive. Just say thank you, right? But it's important for us men to receive affection, uh, the influence of others when it comes to their faith, the journey of others, affirmation, and also be open to honesty, right? You don't, wanna, you don't want only affirmation. You want to have an honest, honesty. Number eight. To be the first to reconcile. I made mean, this law in my heart, when it comes to my family, whatever happens, I will be the first one to reconcile. I'm, going to do, I'm the father of the house. I'm the leader. I'm the, I'm, so I will do the first steps to apologize. Don't wait for others to come to you. Apologize and, and say, I'm sorry when it's needed. One of the verses in the Bible that I, 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 in some circumstances I don't like, it's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. It says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gifts. The story looks like this. A guy going to church and he's going to, he, he's got this good intention to bring a gift. And as he's going there, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, hey, you got something with your bro, correct it, okay? Okay, Claude, correct it. So before you just do your spiritual matter, what you do is you do the legwork to correct. And then when you do that, come and, you, and, you, and bring your offering. But it's important for us to be trailblazers when it comes to that. Not to be afraid to apologize, but, for, but I think it's very important for us to seek reconciliation. As a father, don't wait for people to come to you. You do the legwork. You do the first step. Number nine, model how you process. Inf- I'll rephrase this. Model how to process information. To have a biblical worldview. I think it's so important because our world is upside down. And so you want to teach biblical worldview. What is God saying? Right? What is the Bible that is God's word? What is it saying when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to uh, when it comes to materialism, when it comes to pleasure? What is the Bible saying? You want to have a biblical worldview world because the thing is, there's so many voices that is being that is being um, uh, heard, and so we want to be able to to teach a biblical worldview to our kids and and to see what God and to know what God is saying. And that goes with teaching your your kids to think and make sound decisions. And that's the goal of a parent. It's to see their kids later on to make awesome decisions. But that has to be taught. And it's caught too by the way that we do life. So so it's important to explain to, to our kids the why. And we have that answer in the Bible. And also when it comes to the process of information, it's also to be alert of what our kids are getting involved in. I think we got to ask questions. There's one thing I would, I would do totally different if I would go back 15 years ago. Um, I wasn't raised with the internet. Like, uh, and so, so when my kids got their first tablet or their like access to the internet, um, I would get way more involved. I look at Josue, he already told his story at a young, young age, was, was caught in pornography, and I was not aware of it. I didn't see it. And it falls on me to some degree. And we were able to, like, walk together, and it's amazing how God led him and all that. But as a father, it's my responsibility to ask questions. Not, not, not to control, but to guide and to be there and it's not that you don't trust, but you care, and you know the danger, and you step in. So it's important for us as father, not to be disconnected, but being aware of what our kids are going through. And so it, it might be by taking them, down, taking, taking them out for a date and say, hey, whatever you're going through, it's fine with me. I'm not going to throw rocks. I just want to know where you're at. You know, whatever you're doing, I'll walk with you. Whatever you're going through, hardship or not, or sin or not, I'm going to walk with you, and I'm there for you. I think that's an important thing that we're called to do. You may be a grandpa, and that will fall on, not fall on you, but that will, may come your way, and to be aware of that, because it's not easy today when it comes to information, bad or good. There's so much, it's unreal. So we want to check the feeding ground of our kids, right? And you got to review yourself, your own feeding ground. My last one is model, model a home that says that it's not here. Teach your kids that home is not here, that we're just passing by. Don't be caught with all the things of this world and all the things that uh, we, we live for that simplifies or um, makes our life easier. We, we want to make sure that we model... Uh, to our kids that life is not here, but we're just pilgrims. There's a verse for me that gets me when it comes to this thought that home is not here. It's found in John chapter 13 verse 3. It's Jesus washing the feet of his disciples and uh, he says, Jesus knew that the Father had given, given, given him authority over everything, meaning that Jesus knew the calling that he had upon his life. He knew that he was on a mission. He knew why he was on earth. But look what it says after this. He says, and that he had come from God and that he would return to God. He knew that it didn't stop there. This is why he was able to wash the feet of his disciples. He wasn't concerned about his position. He wasn't wasn't concerned of what people would say because Peter did not want him didn't want Jesus to wash his feet, right? Oh, no. And Jesus says, you got to do the same. This is the way. It's to wash one another's feet. But, but, but listen, Jesus knew where he came from, but he also knew where he was going. That's the question that I need to answer. I need to know that my roots are in God, and if I have an inheritance, it's because I'm found in him. But I got to realize it doesn't stop here. And I got to teach that to, to the next generation. Hey, guys. It's way more than here. The problem with sin and the problem to get caught into bondages is to get caught with the idea that we're only living in the moment. We're not living in the moment. It's way more than the moment. Yeah, you live in the moment, but there's more than just the moment. There's the eternity at hand. And I think we're um, we're called to model that. So... So my heart for you fathers is to realize that you are influencers and you have a call upon your life and to realize that God is there with you and wanting to walk with you and, and wanting to assist you so that you can be an amazing trailblazer. Amen? I would ask you to stand. I'd like to pray for the fathers. Is it possible for you to stretch your hand on a father, on a man that is beside you? Can you do that? All right, can you do that? Reach out. Can you pray? Can you pray for the person besides you? Can you do that? Can you pray a prayer of blessing over over the man this morning? Yes, Father, come and bless. Come and move in every father and every man, Lord. Father to be, Father, come and bless them. Come and touch them. Yes, Lord, you're so amazing mm father I pray a blessing upon every man I pray that you would bless every father in this room come and equip them come and reveal yourself to them come and encourage your hearts let them know that who they are is so significant for the people that are around them that they are your vessel that you want to speak encourage lead so bless them we pray God we give you glory and honor and praises Lord first because you are Abba maybe you're here today and you never had a father or your father figure was not good I just want you to take this moment and to say Lord I open my heart to you Abba father come and love on me I need your affection I need you in my life I want to trust you I want to rely on you I want to deepen my relationship with you, Father. Mm. Yes, Lord. We thank you that we're not orphans, Father, but we are loved by you. Whatever happened in the past, you're able to restore, heal, and you're able to bring leading through our lives where we become fathers to others. So be glorified, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.